Some people can say some really harsh things at times, can't they? You know that because you're human. <laughs> but when someone says something like, curse God and die, you really have to think about it. What are they on about? What are they talking about? What's going down there? All right, uh, I was watching this guy once, and in a sense he was beginning to wilt. And I've seen women do this as well, just wilt. Uh, once like a, a they once like a flourishing plant, you know, enjoying the water and the sun and growing and giving out beauty. But now, like all the water had dried up, the sun beat down on them, and they were they were being stripped by the winds of abuse, and they were just like a skeleton. And when I started writing this particular blog post that I'm sharing now, it's uh, I, I kept remembering the song by a New Zealand um, uh, Christian artist many, many years ago in the 80s, 90s, Derek Blint, and he sang this, Who will come to the aid of a man like me? Who will come to the aid, um, who will come to a man of poverty? Who will rescue the ship from the wayward sea? Who will come to a man like me? And... Uh, Back in the 90s, I started um, working in the area of mental health. And the first book about I read about mental health and Christianity was Why Do Christians Shoot Their Wounded? <laughs> by Dwight Carlson. And it's a classic, in my opinion. I think it's one of the, uh, one of the seminal books that I think has influenced me. And the author writes from a place where he has seen people with mental illness getting wounded by well-meaning but ignorant Christians saying mental illness was due to some sin in their life or something else. But this shooting of the wounded still goes on today. <laughs> it's been around a very, very long time. You see, whatever we we don't understand and are uncomfortable with, we attribute to sin. <laughs> and And this... This calamity is because of something you've done wrong and God is punishing you. It's the law of retribution. You do something wrong and you get the punishment. You do something good, you get the reward. If bad things are happening, you must have done something bad. But what if you've done nothing wrong um, that you know of and still bad things happen? And that's a situation of a biblical character called Job. And every measure of what he could call, or what we would call success, had been taken from him. Uh, his health, his wealth, his children. Um, and he goes to this place which felt for him, I think, the most welcoming place to his heart. The local dump site. <laughs> And there he sits in the ashes of yesterday's goodness and picks at his skin with a piece of broken crockery. Self-harm, I suppose you could call it. And I suppose that's what you do when life is hollowed out. And um, you grieve and you go to a cave. And, you know, I've been to that place. I haven't sat in a pile of ashes or... or um, picked up my skin with a piece of pot, broken pottery, but I've been to deep places, dark places. And another response from, um, among many, 
as we will see as we continue looking through this Job book, is to lash out, uh, particularly at those close to you and at God. And for Job, the first of the whiplashes was from his wife. And she too had also faced the trauma and tragedy of losing her children and security and so much. But her response was to, to lash out. And her, her tongue, it swung wide and deep. And she says this, the Bible says this, Job took a potsherd, so that's a piece of broken crottery, was with, with which to scrape himself and sat among the ashes. There, then his wife said to him, Do you still persist in your integrity? Curse God and die. Now, note that before she told him what to do, we see an affirmation of Job's deepest quality. The one thing that, that was being tested at this time, uh, his integrity. And this word integrity in, in the Hebrew could be translated as innocence. Um, just a few weeks ago, we had a, um, a conviction of a murder overturned. And I just want to read you a portion of the news article. For the first time in 36 years, Alan Hall has left a courtroom an innocent man. Hall was 23 when police targeted him, that's right, targeted him for murdering Auckland father of five, Arthur Easton, in 1985. Easton was finally stabbed, was fatally stabbed by a bayonet-wielding intruder who broke into his family's Papakura home and also wounded two of Easton's sons, Brendan and Kim, during a prolonged struggle. Hall was found guilty and sentenced to life imprisonment. In a rare move on Wednesday, the same day his appeal was heard, the Supreme Court has overturned his conviction, declined to order a retrial, and instead entered acquittals to the murder charge of wounding and one of wounding, allowing him to walk free. Uh, applause broke out in the court as the judges adjourned. If you want to read more of the story, there's a link in the, in the post. But we have Innocent Job, and his wife demanding he walk away from God. That there's guilt in his life. That, that he was bad. And the tongue demands his compliance. You do this. What does it mean to curse God and die? Well, essentially it means to reject God and God's goodness. To walk away. To Again, it's that law of retribution. If we do certain things for God, then God is expected to do certain things for us. Job's wife knows the innocence of Job, but believes that this has got him and her nowhere. It hasn't made their lives better. Instead, it appears to have made them worse. So she demands he walk away. Essentially, she is saying this. This God business has not profited us all. You have blessed God, but God has not returned the favour. So take away the blessing back. Take the blessing back. Shake the God dust off your feet and walk away in disgust. Yes, you will die, but isn't death better than this? Aren't you near death anyway? Let's get this suffering over with. And, and she is right um, that when we walk away from God, something begins to die. The relationship begins to die. Something of ourselves begins to die. The creative Life force begins to shrivel up. Job's wife, and we'll soon find his friends, are caught up in the same belief that Satan is trying to prove. 
to be true. That Job is only in it for what he can get. And that's a question I must face, and you must face. Are we only following God for what God can do for us? What's in it for me? Look, I get emails every week from people who are in deep distress. They pray for God to take their life, but nothing happens. There's a plea for God to end it all. They wish, like Job, they had never been born. Nothing happens. In fact, it might even get worse. They might have a husband, a wife, or a friend who questions their faith, much as we find here. But there is something deep within every one of them. An awareness of God. That God is there, even though God may feel distant, obscure, mysterious, and even aloof to their present needs. And that is where we journey with Job. <laughs> we go deep into the knowing um, into knowing God, even in the dark. This this place of darkness is where faith is deepened, and a different faith emerges. Perhaps a, a question that Job has, and that we have too, is this. What does faith mean now? Richard Raw says this. Faith cannot rest. Faith definitions grow old as we move through our lives. Periodically, we have to say, Lord, what does faith mean now? Uh, and when someone, especially someone close, tells you to turn your back on God, remember you're not alone. You have Job alongside you. Here's a few quotes. Uh, Job's wife comes into the picture at this point. If Job has lost all his children and possessions, so has his wife. Mrs. Job is hurting too. And she's not the image of patience as he is. <laughs> she says, Do you now still mean to persist in your blamelessness or integrity or innocence? She wants him to admit he made some mistake. She's caught up in the retributive justice syndrome, which believes he must have done something wrong or this wouldn't be happening. She demands that he admit it. Curse God and die. This is an interesting demand. She sees in him at she sees him at the edge of death and says in effect, At least get this out of this at least get it out of your system. Get it over with and die so I can get on with my life. <laughs> Richard Raw. Uh, another quote in his view of this new calamity that has befallen Job in view of this new calamity that has fallen Job, befallen Job his wife who is affected by his misfortune and shares his unjust suffering urges him to curse God and God curse, urges him to curse God why persist in this integrity of yours curse God and die the issue here is literally the integrity to which I have referred. What his wife challenges is Job's stubborn maintenance of his interior consistency and exemplary conduct. Adversity does not cause him to lose his innocence. The author wants to make it clear that Job's perseverance in his religious outlook is a further expression of his disinterestedness. Gustavo Gutierrez and here's a bit from Richard Raw. The next two are from Richard Raw. Uh, when negative voices are assaulting us from the world, from our spouse, the children, the church, uh, none of us is strong enough to stand against them unless we are in touch 
with some with, with true transcendence. True sen- true transcendence. <laughs> Richard Raw. And the final quote is from Richard again. An awful lot of religion is an excuse for not facing our fears and doubts. True religion is not denial but transformation. God walks with us into our fears to feel them, to own them, to let them teach us. We need to say, I'm afraid, Lord. How do I deal with this fear? We tell God we're hurting and life is falling apart. We've lost a a job or a loved one, and we don't know how to believe, hope or love. Faith cannot rest. Faith definitions grow old as we move through our lives. Periodically, we have to say, Lord, what does faith mean now? Some questions. Number one, we started this post with a comment. Why do Christians shoot their wounded? Well, what's it like to be on the receiving end of those bullets? Number two, has someone criticized your faith and told you to walk away from God? How did you respond? What happened in you? Uh, Number three, what does faith mean now to you compared to a previous time? Love to hear your answers. (laughs) Email me, barry at turningthepage.co.nz Barry at turningthepage.co.nz And love to hear from, really, really enjoy hearing from my readers and watchers and listeners and uh, getting into some sort of um, engagement about some topics. And that helps me to write further. Uh, until next week, uh, here's the question. What does faith mean to you now? Okay, see you next week. Bye.